0: And welcome Welcome to to the Taylor Taylor Sisters Show. I'm Brennan. I'm Genevieve. And today we're going to be reviewing three movies for you. The first two Ghostbusters movies and Tim Burton's Corpse Bride. Now, we know these are Halloween movies and it's a little bit late, but we felt like these were films you certainly couldn't miss. Now, the first movie we're going to be reviewing is Ivan Reitman's 1984 classic, Ghostbusters. Gee, would you like to tell us what this movie's about? It is about these guys. Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, Ray Stantz, played by Dan Aykroyd, and Egon Spangler, played by Harold Ramis.
1: And they think they saw a ghost, and what they did... So they see
0: ghosts in this library, right? The New York Library.
1: And so they get a job and everything.
0: They get jobs as the Ghostbusters. They exterminate ghosts.
1: And so they started doing that job, and then they figured out. So there's this other guy um, that likes this girl that went to the Ghostbusters because she saw saw a ghost.
0: Yeah, so this woman called Dana, played by Sigourney Weaver, She sees a ghost in her apartment, and she so she goes to the Ghostbusters, and of course Peter develops a crush on her because why not? (laughs) And she and Dana also has this kind of nosy neighbor Louis Tully played by the great comedian Rick Moranis, and so picking up from there, what happens, G?
1: Well, Tully also. Likes her and she likes him back, like sort just, of, sort of. It's a love triangle. Yeah, and so, um, she, well, Peter comes and since the she saw a monster in the fridge, he opened the fridge. He says, "Wow," and then the ghost went, isn't there, and there's a whole bunch of
0: junk food. That's why he said, "Wow." So I'm gonna fast forward a little bit. So. All of these ghost sightings start happening. And so the Ghostbusters, Ray, Egon, and um, Peter, they start getting really popular. And this other guy, Winston, played uh, by Ernie Hudson. And so he joins the Ghostbusters. And they find out that um, there is this mythical demigod called Zul who is basically... Possessing Dana's fridge. it ends up possessing Dana. And, um, Lewis also gets possessed. And so... Everybody comes back to life. Yeah, everybody gets possessed. Ghosts start messing up New York. Then, of course, there's the Steak Pops Marshmallow Man. Which was kind of Ray's fault, if we're being honest. And, finally, everything gets resolved. I won't tell you how, but it does get resolved in the end. And... So, with that, let's end by let's end the section by saying we'll be right back and who are you going to call? The Ghostbusters. Busters! And we're back. And we're
2: going to be reviewing Ghostbusters 2, the 1989 sequel to the 1984 classic. Now, this movie is about the Ghostbusters, of course who, after the events of the last movie, have kind of fallen out of the public eye, and they've kind of become this sort of joke, which is how the movie starts. Do you, do you remember how it starts? Yeah.
1: So it starts where they're going to a party, and... they
2: Ghostbusters. They're doing children's parties
1: now. It was Ray and Winston, and so... They turn on the theme song of the Ghostbusters. Yeah,
2: they're at the party. They turn on the theme song.
1: And instead of saying Ghostbusters, the kids say He-Man.
2: Yeah, which is kind of a letdown, to be honest. And so, fast forward a little bit. Dana is a a single mom with a little boy, uh, about eight months old, Oscar. And... What happens is Oscar's stroller seemingly rolls off into New York traffic by itself. Of course, Oscar's fine, and, and they do eventually rescue him, but Dana, played by Sigourney Weaver, realizes that something is wrong, so she contacts Egon, one of the Ghostbusters, played by Harold Ramis, and through some shenanigans, we, we end up at with... Dana and Oscar staying at Peter Venkman, one of the Ghostbusters, played by Bill Murray's house, and of course the bad guy. Do you remember who the bad guy is? Who the bad guy turns out to be?
1: It turns out to be, Giannis. Yeah.
2: Where Giannis is possessed by the this evil spirit of Vigo the Carpathian, who is basically like this really bad medieval guy. So he gets. He possesses Dana so Vigo possesses Dana's boss who has a creepy crush on her. It's it's a whole thing. And basically a lot of stuff happens. It's it's not good. But it does actually end up well. It ends with well, I'm not going to tell you how it ends. You'll just have to see the movie for yourself. Now, we forgot to do this with the first Ghostbusters, but we're gonna do it now. Let's play good, bad and funny. funny. Now, do you wanna go first, G?
1: Sure. So the good ba- the good thing about this movie was it had energy. The bad thing was well the 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 bad guy Vigon Vigo yeah. Vigo turns out to be a girl that's not wearing pants.
2: Yeah, uh, I think that was the first one, but I know what you're talking about. The villain from the first movie, Zool, that was the whole thing.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you
2: remember what the bad thing was about...
1: Oh, right.
2: The second one? Yeah,
1: the, the second one, the bad thing actually was that Vigo, he kind of brought the baby, like...
2: He kidnapped a baby, which I get that that's a villain thing, but the whole Vigo thing was kind of just weird in itself.
1: And the funny thing is...
2: The iconic scene. Do... Ray... Eagle? That is the one scene that I vividly remember from this movie, and it's probably the funniest part of the Ghostbusters. And I would count that as my funny... The good thing that I like, the the good thing about this movie is the continuity of it. They, they do tell you what happens to the characters. They explain into detail why certain people are here, why certain people aren't, and it picks up pretty much right, well, if not right after the first movie, only about only a little while afterwards and it's not as much of a time gap where you don't know everything that's happened which is good the bad thing is and i know i'm gonna sound like a gen z kid when i say this but the cgi is not great especially the layover um the like the overlay of um vigo's face onto oscars in one of the scenes which i'm not going to talk about because you have to see the movie to watch it, but basically Vigo's spirit goes into the baby, and the overlay is just not, it's not great. But the funny thing is definitely, Doe Ray, Egon! Egon! That is definitely the best part. When we get back, we'll be reviewing Tim Burton's Corpse Bride.
1: And we're back!
2: back. Now we're going to be reviewing another classic Halloween movie. It's the 2005 Tim Burton movie, Corpse Bride. Now if you've never seen this movie, it stars a couple of Tim Burton's people, as I like to call them, the people that he frequently works with. It stars Johnny Depp. Emily Watson and Helena Bonham Carter. Now, Johnny Depp plays Victor, who comes from a not so a not so wealthy family, and he's engaged to marry Victoria, played by Emily Watson, whose family is not super wealthy either, but they try to hide it because they've lost all their money to, to bankruptcy, and so he doesn't really want to get married and through a series of events he ends up married to a corpse the murdered bride Emily played by Helena Bonham Carter which this happens a lot in Tim Burton's movies it's kind of interesting um, and so basically he, has, he ends up in the underworld and so, and he ends up falling in love with Emily instead of Victoria. And I won't spoil the end for you, but it has a lot of great songs, and you really need to see it. Now, would you like to play good, bad, and funny? funny. Let's do it. Do you want to go first?
1: Sure. So, the good thing about this movie was lots of action. The bad thing was... and gray and didn't have the best colors. Well, I think
2: that the theme was kind of part of it. You didn't really like the color scheme of it.
1: And the bad, no, the funny thing was that Victoria, it's like, she, she climbed out of her window and that's seems funny for me.
2: Yeah, that it, she, Victoria is not the kind of character that you would expect that from. She's kind of the typical uh, (laughs) kind of fan, like kind of prim and proper "Hmm, my parents don't let me do anything type character, but she she, that's one of the good things I like about this movie, is the fact that the the sort of weak mellow characters don't stay weak and mellow they become strong and they're they and like emily and, and victoria ends up doing things for herself which is i love that the other good thing the, one of the many good things about this movie is that it's a musical with songs by danny elfman that's always a plus plus. and i well, the bad thing about this movie if i'm being honest it was way too short I thought it could have been longer. I feel like they rushed it just a little bit. I feel like if they I would be happy with a sequel, which I know Tim Burton doesn't really do sequels bar like, I don't know, the Alice in Wonderland movies. But I feel like if he ever did a sequel, he would it it would be a great movie. Now the funny thing about this movie was probably I don't know if this exactly counts as funny but they're one of so of course Emily is a dead corpse is the corpse bride the title the titular character played by Helena Bonham Carter and basically she has this maggot that sort of lives in one of her eye sockets which, it sounds creepy, but since this is an animated movie, which I forgot to mention. This is all animated, so it's not as scary as it sounds. Um, it's an animated movie, so it this Maggot kind of is... It, he's the kind of comic relief, and he's really funny. But the funny part about that is sort of the fact that he is... he His face kind of... If you've ever seen Beetlejuice... And you remember the scene where Beetlejuice turns into a snake? That's the mag. The maggot has the same face as the Beetlejuice snake. Which, that's kind of funny. It's like, huh, I guess it kind of gets reused over and over again. Now, we'll be right back where we review some other not-so-spooky movies. And we're back for the last movie we'll be reviewing today, Black Adam. Now, if, you've, if you're if you yet to see this movie, it's a DC movie starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Black Adam, <laughs> who is a superhero who gets granted the same powers as Shazam, if you remember Shazam, played by Zachary Lieber. He gets granted the same powers in an earlier time. He gets granted the powers when all of the original wizards are still alive. He basically, I'm not going to spoil the whole thing for you, but he was basically in 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 ancient times he gained the powers and he and he sort of became a legend but some but How things happened like but ha- things happened and he was put to sleep by the wizard so nobody could um, find him again, and so he gets found, he gets woken up, and he comes back to his hometown, and it needs saving again, and so that's what happens, that's where, what the movie's all about, him sort of learning how to fit into the modern world, now let's play good, bad, and funny, do you want to go first G, or should I? I think you should, all right. Now, the good thing about this movie, I liked the fact that, sort of, they, they delved into sort of an, I liked the fact that there was, that he wasn't just a superhero that got powers. He wasn't just some normal Joe that got superpowers. He was, his um, hometown had been captured and they'd all been enslaved. To look for this certain type of um, special rock, like the certain type of magical rock. What he basically did was start basically a revolt and he freed his people. Which I really liked. I liked the narrative there. The bad thing about this movie was the fact that even though it sort of tied into the Shazam movies... With the same sort of powers and a really similar suit. It wasn't brand... Like, they're still going to make a Shazam 2. This wasn't Shazam 2. Which I... It's... It confuses me that there are two different movies. If you're going to make another Shazam movie, just make a Shazam movie and then have Black Adam's story be a different one. Like, you don't... You can either have... A Shazam two or a Black Adam movie. You don't really need both, but I guess I'll wait for Shazam two to come out before I pass any more judgment on that. Now the funny thing about this movie was um, Black Adam trying to fit. His name his real name was Teth Adam. He's him trying to fit into the modern world. It's 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 chaotic because if you put, I don't know what it was. It's some sort of it. I don't know exactly when it was, but some sort of like, ancient mythological being into modern day, into the modern day Middle East or South Asia within that region and into the modern day with all of modern technology, it's not going to go well. you would you like to
1: go next? Mm-hmm. So, good thing is the kid was super f- Super nice. Yeah,
2: the one of the main, one of the main characters is the kid. Is a kid. I forgot what his name is at the moment, but he is the son of the woman who woke up to have Adam or Black Adam.
1: So and the bad thing was a lot of killing.
2: Yeah, there it. Well, it's it's a DC movie, so there is going to be a lot of, a lot of murder. But I can see why that. Yeah, I could see why it would be a little bit much. And the funny thing?
1: Oh, the funny thing. He walks through walls and he just breaks them.
2: Yeah, Adam doesn't really know his own strength, or he does and he just doesn't care. But all in all, I would say it's a pretty good movie and it's definitely worth the watch. Tune in next time for another episode of... The
1: Taylor Sister, Sister
2: Show. Show.